What is up, you amazing listeners and viewers tuning in from whichever platform you love to get your podcast from. I'm your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis Chronicles on all major streaming platforms, as well as the host of this wonderful show brought to us by Atlas Seed Company and the Autoflower Review. Be sure to smash that like button, comment down below, or follow along from whichever platform you like to get your podcast from to show them some serious love for making this show happen. Now, in today's episode of, of Reviewing Ruderalis, I'll be giving you all the best tips and tricks for germinating autoflowers. Now, without further ado, let's break into it. Now, germinating autoflowers, it it sounds easy. Germinating seeds, it it really does sound easy when you go and read about it, um, when people talk about it, when people discuss it. Generally, my go-to tip and trick for making sure I have 100% success is adding hydrogen peroxide. Um, that's the store brand, the 3% hydrogen peroxide and like the brown bottle from like Walmart, Publix, Walgreens, CVS, wherever you go to get your um, kind of medical supplies like alcohol, rubbing alcohol and stuff. Um, but I usually use one third of distilled water to two thirds or one third of hydrogen peroxide to two thirds of distilled water. And that blend has been a my soaking blend for quite some time. So I am a person who soaks my seeds. I think every grower should soak your seeds for 24 to 48 hours and then put your seeds into your grow medium, whether it be a Rockwell cube, a peat moss pod, a cocoa pod, or straight into your final medium like a soil or living soil. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give you all um, my experience pretty much with everything, with um, autoflowers and Rockwell, autoflowers and cocoa pods, cocoa blocks, peat moss pods, straight into soil, straight into a happy frog soil, ocean forest, and into um, a living soil as well as as well as a roots organic 707 blend. Um, so I, I have a good bit of experience with these different um, variety and blends. Now, let's uh, break it down. What, what is my go-to now? What is my success rates and why do I use what I use now? So my go-to now is to use still the two-thirds distilled water to one-third hydrogen peroxide. I make sure to dechlorinate and pH it to 6.0 or 5.9, whichever one you can kind of hit roughly. Um, 5.8 is fine. Basically, the range you're, you're aiming at is 5.6 to 6.1. As long as you're within that pH range, your seeds will have a great time germinating. There's not going to be really any issues. The hydrogen peroxide is going to help um, keep a little uh, more cleanliness to the water. It's going to kind of kill some of the bacteria or germs that could, could potentially be in your water. So that's also um, one good reason to use hydrogen peroxide. Another main one is the fact that it increases the O2 and the, the accessible O2 in the water for the taproot. So it's very helpful. Now, along with that, I've tried everything under the sun as additives. Um, I've done clone gels with microbials in them. I've done just microbial, um, you know, mycorrhizae stuff. I've done actual rooting um, formulas for sprouting seeds and everything. The one that I use currently, and I use it at a quarter teaspoon per 250 milliliters of solution, is Dr. Root from Culture Biologics. So I have... Really, really wholeheartedly love it. Um, I have an episode with Tim McCormick on the show discussing, um, you know, the his entire blend of culture biologics going in depth. I actually went and like uh, filmed a uh, in in person uh, interview with him. I got to see his setup and see the the facility where they create these nutrients, and it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, 
I would say that's probably my favorite way to root seeds right now. I have a 100% success rate and my seeds are sprouting so rapidly. Now, to keep my success rate at 100% past the sprouting point of just putting out a taproot, because that generally happens during the soak phase. So the first part of um, my germination steps are first and foremost, I gather all my seeds. I make sure I have clean cups that they're going to be soaking in. I make sure to label every single cup that I'm going ahead and put my seeds in and I label it one by one so that I do not mix up any seeds whatsoever. It's a big one. I know a lot of growers that accidentally try to like do things quick and fast or efficiently and they, and, and they try to skip some steps or something like that and then they ended up pouring seeds into a cup and they forgot which strain they poured in because they didn't remember. And so now they're playing a guessing game upon which strain is which. So just take your time as you go. You know, maybe what I like to do is I like to fill all of my cups with distilled water with two thirds of it. Then I'll go back. I'll fill the rest with a third hydrogen peroxide and then I'll go and I'll pH uh, the water and voila. Well, I guess I, let me back up. The, the, what I usually do is I have a 250 milliliter uh, four cup Pyrex, you know, measuring cup. I usually fill that up to 250 milliliters of solution, you know, mix it between the hydrogen peroxide and the uh, distilled water. And then I add my Dr. Root. I mix it around. I make sure it's thorough. I pH it, dechlorinate it, all that fun stuff. And then I pour into my individual cups from the 250 milliliters because I'd rather go from a larger solution than and pour out. It's a little easier to pH balance than smaller cups. Just a pro tip. <laughs> Um, as well as if you're going to be using any peat moss pods or rockwool cubes, uh, generally there's uh, enough solution left over to soak your cubes, or you can just make a little bit more solution and double the solution and basically double what you did. Um, I, uh, I don't prefer rockwool cubes for autoflowers, and I'm going to tell you why. Rockwool cubes have a tendency to dry out if you end up having a long day. So I accidentally killed, and these aren't even autos, autos, and I... And I'm saying this because autos are a lot more finicky when it comes to root stress. And if they dry out early on, they're done. They are done for. You really have to make sure that you keep your seedlings when it comes to autoflowers very happy and healthy because they do not have much rigidity or resilience when they're that tiny and in those phases. I had a very long day tattooing the other day and my fiance works doubles as well. So no one was at my house. Um, no, I mean, there's it's it is what it is. I had I didn't have a humidity dome and I should have had a humidity dome on my plants. I needed to pick up a bigger one, but I just haven't had time to go to my garden center and go look for one. Well, that little like I haven't had time kind of bit me in the ass because I ended up working all day. Come home. My Rockwell cubes were literally rock hard. I'm so surprised I even salvaged four of the plants. So I saved all of the lemon cherry gelato from um, the premium cultivars that I'm growing with. And then the the four Khalifa Kush. Out of the four Khalifa Kush, I only saved one of them. I have two more seeds that I'm going to pop eventually, but I was very sad. And I've done that. That has happened to me with autoflowers. I can't tell you how many times. Rockwool is an interesting one to deal with. You need to keep it wet. You need to keep it properly pH'd. And um, there's no nutrients in it whatsoever. So you're you're gonna have to make sure that you're giving everything for your seedling and that's why i like the dr root um now what i just started doing and i literally this week and this is why i'm kind of doing this podcast because i found a new method that well i guess it's i shouldn't say new method i tried a newer method for myself or i added a <laughs> i'm gonna confuse everyone 
I added a new new little step or thing that I do instead of rock wool to my regimen. And it's definitely just looking at the results over three day span with the autoflowers popping is way drastic of a difference than what I've had in the past. So I went to my local garden center. I got myself a nice tall humidity dome that can handle seedlings, clones, the whole nine yards. Um, and I also picked up 72 of those little pods, the little cocoa pods or peat moss pods. I think they're peat moss. To be honest, they look like peat moss. I'm gonna, I'm betting they're peat moss. Yeah, so I picked up 72 of those. They're really, really simple. They take about five to 10 minutes to soak. I soaked them in the Dr. Root solution. You know, just like I told you guys, I had 500 milliliters of it. So I did half a teaspoon of Dr. Root. I did, um, I think there was like 18 cubes in total or something like that, or little log pods very very simple i put them inside little trays and little cups whatever they needed to sit in put a little solution just right at the bottom so that they could absorb it over the next day 24 hours essentially and stay moist and all of the autoflowers 100 percent germination rate no dead ones no messed up ones everything is doing phenomenal now that has not been my luck in the past <laughs> for those wondering if you should go straight to soil or if you should do this I personally don't like doing it. I'm going to grow all of my autoflowers this way. I'm pretty sure I finally figured out my dialed in process for autoflowers with these peat pods. And I love it. There's always been a finicky headache dealing with autoflowers, even planting them into a medium like happy frog, like ocean or, or um, fox farms, happy frog. Uh, a lot of people use ocean forest. A lot of people know the ocean forest from fox farms. Some people use the blend that I used to use, which is a 70-30 blend of Fox Farms Ocean Forest to Happy Frog. Um, so you, you, there's all sorts of ways to use soil out there. There's Mother's Nature or Mother's Earth um, soil. There's Subcool's living, living Soil blend, which is phenomenal. I'm using Sohum Living Soil, which has been really great. All sorts of soils out there. The main thing, it doesn't matter if it's very light conditioned soil or the hottest living soil out there. If it's the hottest living soil out there, your autoflower doesn't stand a chance. Most plants won't stand a chance seedling stage. But let's say you're getting, you get yourself like a Sohum or you get yourself a Roots Organic 707 blend or Fox Farms Happy Frog. We're going to stick with those three kind of examples right now. The living soil is almost going to guarantee kill your autoflowers. They're extremely hot from the gate because they're living soils. They're meant to be. You, they have a lot of nutrients accessible for the entire stage of the grow. Living soils, I've come to find, this is if you're going to use Sohum, um, and this is my personal experience with Sohum, I, uh, living soils in the past, I generally have built myself with living soil additives or adding mycorrhizae and various other things to the soil to make it a living soil. Um, but... Sohum is the first true living soil that I've been sent to test out and 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 showcase. I like it a lot. Um, for growing clones, where my clones pretty much took almost all the nutrients through the veg phase, and I, I planned it that way, it did really good for the flower phase. I've only re-amended two times. One time in the flower swap, and one week after flower swap, I just gave them a little extra. So it was like, right at flower swap, I just made sure the soil was kind of um, a little boosted with uh, Terra, Vesco's, Terra Vesco Vermi compost. Really, really 100% 10 out of 10 recommend that compost for re-amending soils or just as an additive. Insane. They have a liquid version and they have a Vermi compost, you know, physical version. Really, really quality stuff. I'm, I will be purchasing it for years to come. 
Um, so I used that to reamend, but the living soil worked wonderful and it has gone great. My plants are frosty, 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 frosty. They're using up all the internal nutrients within their leaves. Um, definitely, definitely. I mean, terpenes wise, I am smelling some serious from glue of the gods. It is all straight, just diesel skunk smacking you in the face from stomp berries. It is one of the fruitiest, sweetest terpene smelling plants I've ever had in my garden. And it's been a really wonderful run. Now, even though Soham's amazing, I would never recommend planting an autoflower directly into it. It is so hot at the beginning for an autoflower. Your chances of that autoflower surviving are like slim to none. And if it does survive, chances are it's going to have some sort of nutrient issue, lockout, toxicity, something that's going to cause its root zone to be have issues. And it's going to probably flower early on. you. So same thing in my opinion that's going to happen with like a root seven or seven or a happy frog the only difference is is your chances of success obviously increase with the more mild of a soil you have so if you're using a 707 blend it's still 50 i say it's 50 50 because i've had some autoflowers take off in so in the soil and i've had autoflowers literally just die because it was too hot so I don't do, I don't start in soils anymore with autoflowers at all. Not even a happy frog because even though I've had probably about 60% of success rates with uh, autoflowers starting in happy frog directly into happy frog, there's still a 40% mark where they don't pop because it's a little too hot. And it's the same circumstances as all the other seeds and all the other things that I've done over the years. And when I can get 100% germination rate with uh, various other mediums, I know that the medium itself probably is going to be an issue if I'm if I'm having consistent results like that. It's not a grower error, right? So sometimes it is grower error. You know, sometimes it is people using tap water, which I've talked about many times. If you're using tap water without dechlorinating it, it it's you will most likely kill your seeds. Chlorines and heavy heavy metals and water, especially places like Michigan, like you know where Flint, Michigan's having all those issues, or places like out in Pennsylvania where limestone's very heavy in the water, you really want to make sure you rid your water of those types of uh, chlorines. And specifically for germinating seeds, it might just be in your best interest to go snag a gallon of distilled water just from your local Walmart for like a dollar, two dollars just for seed germination you know just keep it in storage it's literally just for seed germination every time you do germinate seeds you know you just need 250 milliliters of water um, or a solution and at that you don't even need a full 250 milliliters it's like 175 with 25 milliliters of peroxide right something like that i don't know what the ratio actually is but who knows if i guessed it right that's pretty cool really all you need um in a sense is distilled water hydrogen peroxide and I personally think a good rooting solution like the Dr. Root is very helpful. So why am I shouting out this product? Um, why can't you just go get any other product? You can. So the two the two products that I'm going to actually recommend are Great White Mycorrhizae or Dr. Root. So Great White Great Mike. Wow, it's Great White Mycorrhizae. I cannot get my my tongue to work with my brain today. Wow, that was that was bad. So great white mycorrhizae is a mycorrhizal um, additive or like, you know, mycorrhizal powder that I've been using for quite some time. And they actually have a liquid mycorrhizae uh, extract that has 275 million microbes in it. That's what I would probably recommend if you guys are going to uh, want to get a great white mycorrhizal add on. It is a little more expensive as far as uh, the, the bottle size that you get and what how much you get. 
This is why I recommend Dr. Root over that option. Great white mycorrhizae is insane. Trust me, it's uh, it's probably my favorite mycorrhizae for transplanting. Okay, that's what I use it for. And the the uh, little liquid uh, additive I use in my feed. My general very base watering solution that I just pretty much keep microbials fed. Um, I actually put that into it. So that's what I use that for. Other than that, I've pretty much been using the last five times I've germinated seeds. I've used Dr. Root solution um, or Dr. Root rooting aid. I really, really, really like it. I have seen normally I would get all tap roots sprouted by 48 hours soaked to potentially a little after that, you know, not much after that, maybe like 52 hours. But this this time round with the same circumstances as far as two thirds distilled water to third hydrogen peroxide, pH and dechlorinated all the same. I've added Dr. Root and now almost within 20 to 24 hours, I'm getting full tap roots from every single seed and some seeds are fully out of the pot. So it's definitely a very, very, very rapid rooting solution. Um, it's a micronutrient to, or micro powder. So it breaks up really fine into the solution. It takes a little minute, a little bit to mix it around. You got to break up some of the little, little bubbles that form. Like it's such fine micronutrients. They form these little pocket bubbles and you'll see the little powder when you bust it open. And like, it's crazy. It's really, that's how fine it is. Um, so you can use it in pretty much any system really. Um, you can use it in cloners and things like that. So I personally like Dr. Root. Um, it's been my go-to. And with these peat moss pods, like I said, I've had a 100% success rate. No issues. All of the autoflowers are looking nice, healthy, not too dark green, not too light green. They're not curling their leaves or showing like they're like, ah, you know. And then even the, little, the plants that I had in Rockwool that I was telling you guys and gals about, where I had my tattoo day and it was a really long day and they, I kind of bricked out my rock wool and killed some. I used Dr. Root on those plants to soak the rock wool and they're all doing phenomenal. The four plants that or five plants that I thought would not have died. I thought I killed all eight of my seeds. I'm going to be honest. I was extremely sad. Um, they had sent me packs to test out. I literally I've never fumbled that bad on that kind of showcase. So I was I was really feeling kind of bad. Uh, soak the rockwool cubes, put a, a humidity dome over them, and they've bounced back. Really quality genetics. Also, the rooting aid probably is doing some work down there. Um, I actually did check the roots on one of them. Insane already. And it's only like, dude, it's only like an inch and a half tall. So it's really quality, really good stuff. Um, I highly recommend it to people out there who are listening, who, who, want, who are having issues with germination. The big thing that I think you should use is distilled water and hydrogen peroxide. That should be your base blend at the one third and two third mark that I've been talking about. And then you should definitely get a pH reader of some sort. Um, you know, the, the pH pens are, are they're better than nothing. Okay. So I like the, uh, the, uh, what is the ink bird? I have the ink bird TDS, EC, pH. It does like four things. It's really great for reading. I like it a lot. It's quality. The probe's good. It's very easy to set up and use and calibrate. So this is my go-to for germinating seeds. And for autoflowers, I will never recommend going into soil. I'll never recommend going into a cocoa pod and I'll never recommend going into rock wool. Why not rock wool or cocoa pods? I've already told you the soil pros and cons, okay? 
Now the Rockwool Pro and Con, you guys already, you guys and gals already know. If you don't keep it moist, you can brick out your rock wool, which can literally kill your plant. Like dry substrate, kill your plant faster than anything. And rock wool is probably one of the quickest substrates to dry out just because it's fiberglass. It's it's very aerated. It's meant to do that. That's part of rock wool. That's what rock wool is designed for. So that's why I don't use rock wool for autoflower germination anymore. Doesn't mean I don't use it. I think it is a little more hardier or resilient for those those regular seeds or the photoperiod seeds. So that's just where I stand on that. Um, and I know I'm going to have some Rockwell growers just get on to me. I think Rockwell takes a dialed in setup and, and some trial and error and figuring out what works really best. So for an average across the board novice, no experience, or this is their first time grow, I don't think Rockwell is great. I don't think soil is great just to plant directly into. I really wholeheartedly... I'm standing behind the peat moss pods. Cocoa blocks would have held up and competed similar, but the problem with cocoa is, is once your plants in cocoa, even that block, there is going to be some leaching that happens around roughly weeks three, week six, or week nine, generally in those ranges where your plant's going to hike up in pH because it starts leaching PK because it's held on to phosphorus and potassium the entire grow that's the way cocoa works and then it's going to absorb it and let it out and that is going to fluctuate ph inside your medium and you're if you're in a cocoa pod or block and you're planting into soil it can be kind of finicky to deal with that but in soil i will say the level of how much your plant will be put out of range won't be so bad there's a much more drastic barrier for being out of range in soil versus if you were to take your plant in a cocoa block block and plant it into a full cocoa grow um i don't like cocoa personally i i i wholeheartedly suck at growing in cocoa I'm, i know the fundamentals i could tell all of you how to grow in cocoa i could tell you the circumstances what to look out for and everything there's just too much of hands-on work and constantly checking your ph and ec and everything with cocoa that i just I don't like it. I don't understand. I don't haven't I haven't grown enough with it to want to deal with it and and kind of learn on it. I think I think soil, hydroponics, soil it. I think soil and hydroponics are easier. Rock wool being the soilless medium that I think is like easier than um, cocoa for soilless. Um, but for me in this day and age, I personally I'm a big sucker for soil, dude. I just I don't like having a lot of plant work and maintenance. And same thing, I like hydroponics. Those are the two things that I kind of want to stick with, and that's what I'm doing. Now, again, peat moss pods, they just, with all of these pros and cons and everything that I've trialed and error over the last three years, this was the last thing for me to trial and error. And I was either going to buy them on Amazon or try to find them locally. I'm really, really glad my local garden center started stocking them because now I can get them locally. But peat moss pods, they are very neutral. I think they're about 5.9 pH or 5.8 or something like that. There's like no nutrients whatsoever in them. And once you get them into soil, they're going to act like soil. It's going to just be just like it, it was in soil. It's going to have no difference and you're not going to have any leaching or anything like that from cocoa. Uh, so this is where I say it stays just as wet as the soil around it. It's not going to have any dry factor issues. It's not going to have any sort of issues. It's pretty peat moss is going to work with pretty much any medium, right? Any soil, anything you stick it in. And it's going to be a quality uh, substrate for your plants to get started. They're very small pods. They're like probably about 
an inch across in diameter and like an inch and a half or inch in height. So very, very small little tiny pods, very simple. They have like a little netting around it. All you do is you clip that netting when you're ready to transplant, make sure the whole pod's wet. You pick your pod up, you transplant it into your little uh, new space. You cover the pod up and wham, bam, you're done. So that's, that's my tips and tricks for germinating autoflowers. Um, the best advice that I could leave off with, and I say this every time, anytime we, we talk, um, like I talk anything about autoflower germination or just finicky early on, like how to mess up an autoflower. Just remember, autoflowers at early stages, and to be honest throughout the grow, do not like root stress. So minimizing the root stress is going to be key to having a very successful run from the beginning with your autoflowers. So that's pretty much all for today. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Be sure to smash that like button, comment down below and subscribe and follow along from whichever platform you're tuning in from. So you show the sponsors of the show some major love and that's Atlas Seed and the Autoflower Review. They are phenomenal and I'm excited. I'm growing two fog dog autoflowers and two fruit by the foot autoflowers by Atlas. So I'll be showcasing those. No funky business, no spraying them with reversal sprays to show what happens with autoflowers and teach that. Nope, it's just straight flower, straight fire and uh, soil. So it's going to be good. I'll be showcasing that all on the Autoflower Review podcast, you know, on my reviewing Ruderalis segment here and uh, the Discord as well. So definitely go check out the Discord and all that fun stuff. Now, without further ado, I am your host, Chronic, from the Cannabis Chronicles on all major streaming platforms and uh, YouTube and all that fun stuff. And, and I'm the host of this wonderful segment. And I'll be back every single Monday to teach you all about autoflowers and everything cannabis. So much love, happy growing, and peace, everyone. Peace.